Hello, welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Mark McDougall, and today I'm joined by Sunday Mail Scott McDermott and PA Sports Andy Newport. This week we look back at a big win over Celtic and ask what it means going into next season. We also discuss the latest transfer rumours and look ahead to Sunday's game between Rangers and Kilmarnock. Scott, start with Sunday's game. What do you think of it? Well, it was difficult, Mark, to remember a, an old firm game where Rangers have been as comfortable as that, um, and that's probably the biggest compliment you can you can pay. Uh, I think for the first time in five six years, the majority of Rangers fans went into that game believing that they would go and beat Celtic, irrespective uh, of the, the circumstances. You no, know, Celtic had already won the league. I think everyone's agreed that there's, no, there's, there's never a never a meaningless old firm game. So, um, but I think fans went into it believing they would win, believing they'd play well given the, the recent form, and the you need to say the players and the manager went and went and delivered that. And it was, as I say, the biggest uh, the biggest compliment you can pay them is just how just how comfortable they looked. I think West Fordingham hasn't had a safety mate until uh, five minutes before the end. Rangers probably could and should have uh, won by more. Um, and they were pretty dominant start to finish, and I thought maybe late in the first half, Celtic were maybe coming into the game a wee bit. Uh, and you felt at the time Rangers probably had to get a, a second goal, but they upped the tempo and the intensity again in the second half. And uh, were, were by far the better, by far the better team. And in the midfield, the Rangers just like Kamara and Steve Davis seem to just dominate Celtic's midfield. It's not something you see very often with Scott Brown. The Celtic field, how how did Rangers get that that midfield working so well? I think you go back to to January when Steve Davis came in, people started to have a wee bit of doubts about him because he, he looked pretty much off the pace. You wondered if his legs had gone a wee bit, but you just see. Obviously, bring it back in the team after the last old game at Celtic Park, and he looks fresh, he looks sharp, and he, he can very much still cut it at this level. Now, you, you look at that midfield now, the whole, in fact, the whole spine really Rangers team, and you think that's a, that's a sort of framework that Gerald's got to work with next year. And Davis, I mean, was he 34? I mean, playing is in a different role to what he did, you know, last time he was at the club, but probably playing. As, as well as he ever has. I mean, this week, you know, it's only a, a sort of short sample you've got to work with, but, you know, really do well. And, and, you know, Gerard said it himself, Glenn Kamara at 50 grand. I mean, I mean you think Dundee have just been relegated. What were they thinking letting, letting him go? I mean, he was, he was sensational. It's, it's not just the obvious skill that he's got. I mean, he's a guy who can, you know, take the balls comfortable under pressure. I mean, the wee drop of the shoulder sends Scott Brown for a hot dog. Um, <laughs> It was really impressive that the party played in that second goal, but more than that, the physicality brings as well. I mean, he's not the biggest of guy, but he's not scared to mix it. And you know, he's in against some you know, pretty physical players in that Celtic team. And Brown, you know, McGregor, Rodgers, a big guy as well. But you know, just absolutely walk through some of them a lot of times. And you know, Jack as well. I mean, they've got a real good blend there. I mean, I listened to the to the show after the game that, um, that Keith and, and, and Gavin and Unit done. And, they spoke about, you know, perhaps, you know, had he went with uh, Ross McCrory in there, that would have maybe sent a, a message about what type of plan they were, they were looking to do. I mean, at no point did Rangers really look like they were being out-muscled, out-dominated. I mean, it was a real, you know, they, they, they put a nice blend there, you know, Kamara, Jack can put the foot in, and, and Steve Davis just, you know, his ability to read danger and then pick, pick the right pass, always the right pass, it seems, 
it's been really crucial to Rangers the last few weeks. I, I thought Davis was the, the pick of the bench yeah. in the midfield. I know Kamara will get a lot of credit quite rightly for the, the part he played in the goals, Andy says, but Davis, that area for me was one that I think Rangers might have been worried about in terms of Rogic and the impact he's had on all, all firm games, uh, even Ibrox in the last, the last few years. And for Davis, you no. Know, to, you look at the size of the two of them, Davis against Rogic, but as a bit of a mismatch physically, and I think Steven Gerrard and Rangers fans would have been looking at that area and think they, they could cause us problems in there, but Davis, I must say, I mean, I said for, for a while that, that that was always going to be position coming back to Rangers, sitting in front of that back four. But purely in terms of the way he could dictate games, dictate the tempo, we all know about his passing range, but the thing that impressed me on Sunday was, and Andy touched on it, was just reading danger, picking up scraps in front of the in front of the two centre-backs, um, dealing with the threat of Rogic. I think Rogic is probably the best in the league on the half-turn when he, when he receives a ball, but Rangers just nullified that threat pretty much from the start, and Davis was a huge part of that. So he did that defensive side, as well as actually building attacks, and his passing was, his passing was exemplary as well. Just on Glenn Kamara though, I think when he said we spoke on here about how we'd be surprised if he played a lot this season. Are you, are you surprised by how well he's done and how big an impact he's had in the Rangers team? I'm surprised that he's done so well. I mean, when you watch Dundee, he was always the player for them that, that kind of stood out. You know, growing up at Arsenal, you know for a fact he's going to have all the, the fundamentals that you, that you need as a, as a footballer. You don't come through. Their academy without them. He's an international player. He plays regularly for Finland, which is obviously a high level. So you knew that there was a, a player in there. Um, what, what I think it shows with Kamara, and I say this a lot, no, players play better with better players. I think, and no, but that that's not taking anything away from Rangers that they've looked at Kamara and just have seen, you know, that kind of kernel of quality. In there and they think right we can make this we can make this grow we can make it bigger but I think him playing alongside Davis Jack you no know, Arfield people like that I think it's just brought him on a ton so I'm no surprised that there's a player in there and that he's he's turned out to be a good signing but I'm surprised just how quickly he's adapted I'm surprised at the, the impact he's made in such a short space of time. That's the big surprise though that Dundee prepared to let him go I mean considering the way the second half of their season turned out, I mean, it's astonishing that they would let a guy who can basically run a game. It, it could only have been desperation for them in terms of knowing that he probably didn't want to be there, knowing that even 50 grand you know, might help Jim McIntyre, that might help Jim McIntyre get you know, a couple of wages in for these guys down south, guys like you know, Nelson and whoever to get them in. You just want your best players available every week so you talk, you talk about when you're that on the table you need guys who are scrappers and you're physical you can cope with the sort of dirty side of the game but to be fair to me he's he shown he's, he, you know, he's at, you know it's like the, the game at Tynecastle the other week yeah. uh, a couple of heavy challenges June closed him down and he just bounced them off him like, yeah. you know, so he, he's caught both sides of his game and I think that's what's perhaps made him the, the success he has he's not just a guy who's going to come in and get nice footwork but he, he can do both sides, and that's obviously what endears him to Gerrard. So he also plays, plays incisive passes, no passes with a bit of purpose, passes forward. You get a lot of midfielders 
nowadays that just want to go you know, backwards and sideways, keep the ball, and he does keep the ball for fun, but it's when he picks that forward pass, you know, as I say, the real purpose, those are the passes that, that really make the difference, and you know, one of those passes obviously led to the, led to the second goal. You mentioned Ryan Jack there as well. I think his performance on Sunday has been a bit understated. I mean, you see, Tavernia has struggled a lot over this time with not having somebody protected in front of him. With Ryan Kent, he's not somebody who's going to track back all the time. But Jack seemed to cover that position quite well. He stopped Johnny Hayes getting forward every time. Yeah. Stopped Mikey Johnson. Stopped Ollie Burke when he came over to that side as well. His performance seems to be a bit, been a bit underrated. And I think you're a guy there that's really for having somebody of Stephen Davis experience alongside him. You know, he, he, he's not got the, the burden of being for a spell he was you know, seen as sort of Gerald's golden boy and he was expected to sort of run the midfield a lot. He's now not got quite the same burden put on him to be everywhere. And it's allowing him just to go and perhaps focus probably what he's best at is that sort of head to head combat side of combat fifty fifties and you know, he, he's really sort of come on and as I said earlier on, you know, the, the three of those, those, that central three, you can see that being major starting midfield for the next, you know, year, 18 months, if everything stays fit, because they really seem to have such a good sort of relationship with each other. I, I think the thing about Jack is that he just got pigeonholed into being this sitting midfielder, you know, constantly, as I said before, sitting in front of the back, back four, sideways passing. No, no, actually get over the halfway line a lot of a lot of games and I think as a player when you're constantly played in there you know, and that's constantly the role it's almost like you forget you know, how good a player you can be and I think basically Gerard in this new, this new role, this new system has kind of taken the shackles off him a wee bit and I think he's benefited for that um, he's given a bit more licence to the forward um, as Andy says you know, he likes that that combat to getting about the pitch and getting people's, getting people's faces um, but he's just got a bit more freedom. He's not having to worry about, uh, about what's what's getting behind him as much. Uh, I think that's been the big the big difference in losing the best. It's talking about just behind him, Nikola Katic is another who's just came back into the team. He's been part of that defence for I think it's five clean sheets in six games. He's just looked like an absolute rocker, or arguably as good as he was at the start of the season, a completely different player to what he was there. I think he looks better now than he did at the start of the season. Um, it was impressive when he first came in, but I think there was still a, you could still see a kind of raw and relax about him. You know, he's obviously young, coming in for the, the Croatian League. Um, I think Steven Gerrard was probably right when he said last week that he felt, you know, those first few months, it was almost like, you know, adrenaline and, and momentum were just getting him through, and the crowd were obviously behind him as well. Got him through those first few months. It's debatable. No, you could argue all day whether Gerard was right to take him out when he did. He's obviously got his reasons for it. He felt he had to take him out the firing line. He felt his confidence had taken a wee, taken a wee dead. He got his chance again the last five or six games and he's been outstanding, as I say, probably better now than he was when he first came into the team. And I thought on, on Sunday, Along with Davis, he was an absolute standout. I mean, he made, he made one mistake in the second half when he, he got too tight to Edward and, uh, and he got turned in the box. But aside from that, I thought he won everything. Dominant in the air, um, really commanding. 
at the back, him and Goldson, they looked at a dream together. I agree with you, Scott. I mean, Davis and Cartage with the two I sort of picked out as contenders for one of the match. I just thought he looks a guy who relishes the, the obviously tussle the physical side of the old firm game, but he can play as well. And I think that's been a big difference to as well what Rangers have done in the last few weeks is that they're moving the ball out of the back four an awful lot quicker, a lot more incisive. You know, there's there's spells. I mean, well, if you think back to things like uh, game at Dundee. The draws and sort of December time, and they were so laborious in terms of bringing the ball out from the back. But you know, Colson as well is, is really up to his game in that, that sense. They they move the ball a lot quicker, put the teams under pressure earlier, and you know, I, I, you can see he's sort of relishing. It. I think he's, he's you know, maybe as a, a confidence player. But you look at the way he reacted at the end, and he was sort of beating his chest. He was giving it all day, and he's on social media saying he loves loves this club. And, um, <laughs> I think he's somebody that, you know, when you can get in that positive frame of mind a wee bit, the same way that Morelos, who's had lulls of, of form, but if you can get him, his confidence was, and you, you really get the, the most out of him, and um, it's probably a shame from the season's coming to end at this time, you know, he'd probably like to be having another couple of months to just sort of really cement himself, when Gerard spoke after the game, um, about how the fact that he really wants three first-choice centre-halves, um, it was, it was Worrell, uh, Goldson, and Katic this season, with, with maybe a fourth in reserve to, to just provide a wee bit of backup, but so he's going to find he's got competition again in the summer. If if uh, if Jer says true, they're still looking for another two centre halves. But um, the sides are that it's his jersey at the minute, and if if, if he continues playing the way the way he is, it's going to be difficult to shift out the team. The thing I liked about Carty was just a wee thing uh, during the game on Sunday. I think, I think it was when Rangers were two 0 up. They were kind of playing it across the back. Katic gave Goldson a pass and Goldson kind of dallied on it and a Celtic player came in and blocked it and got out for a shy. And Goldson was kind of putting his arms up, almost what to blame Katic for why you gave me that ball. But there was nothing wrong with the ball, it was just Goldson uh, didn't do it quick enough. But Katic gave him both barrels back and he wasn't accepting that it was his that it was his fault. And when he did have a go at Goldson, Goldson pretty much kind of held his hands up and said, like, fair enough. For a, for a boy at 21 to be doing that to a guy you know, who's obviously far more experienced than you know, playing the Premier League and all that, then you know, that's, that's the kind of characters uh, that, that Gerard will want. Um, and it'll be interesting, you know, Andy's saying Katic will be gutted that the season's finishing. Um, he's, I think he's going to the Euros, the under 21, Euros with Croatia, you know, whether he'll start. Although we don't know him and uh, him and uh, Philip Benkovic should be in that in that squad. So it'll be it'll be interesting if he does start those games, obviously against against good opposition, it'll be interesting to see how he does, whether he continues that for him and then how he comes back for Rangers because he's going to have a well, if he's involved in that tournament to the to the last stages then he's going to have a very short very short summer, very short turnaround. It does look like he's he's learning the, the physical side of the game. Perhaps look back at the times where he's been poor this season. I think Hamilton away. I think maybe the, the Motherwell seven-one game where he taken off at half time because he basically yeah. sold a goal. And it's basically where he paid the price of not being able to read the physical aspect of the game. He too tight or wasn't tight enough. Was during you know, Sunday's game he didn't put a foot wrong in that. You know, you get the I think the chance Scott the first two but Edward it probably comes from where he's. Two minds well enough. Well, cement him or not. Yeah. I think if he'd, if he'd been maybe another five yards further forward, they would just take 
taking them out. So you can definitely tell that that's something that he's, he's got to grips with now after a few shaky moments earlier in the season. Talk about being 21 as well. He'd go to this Euros if he's a good tournament there. Goes back, good in Europe for Rangers. If he plays all of next season as one of the main centre backs, Rangers fans won't like it. But he's another player that could perhaps sell for big money. Yeah. That's just the way Rangers need to build their team now, isn't it? Of course, I see. He, he's going to fall in the same category as, as Morelos in that regard. You no, know, a young player who you buy for a relatively small sum. No, you develop, he excels in the Scottish Premiership, and then, you know, the big, the big English clubs or big foreign clubs come calling. Um, as you say, punters might not want to hear that, might not want to hear it now, but ultimately that's the way, well, that's the way Rangers and Celtic need to need to operate. That's the, that's the model, um, and Rangers fans should be, should be delighted with that if, if they. If they've secured, if the club secured Katic for you know, what we're led to believe is like one and a half million from you know, like an unknown club in, a little known club in Croatia, if you know, in a couple of years' time, as you say, if he goes and presses for, for Croatia, he does it again for Rangers next season, you know, they should be looking in the next couple of years you know, to keep him developing, keep him progressing, and you know, hopefully for Rangers' sake, we'll go and get, go and get big money for him. Will Flanagan probably did deserve his bad worst. Are Celtic a bit fortunate that Sabinovic isn't getting called up for the incident with the foe in the first half? I think they are. Um, and I'm surprised that you know, more hasn't been made of. I think the, the, the biggest difference is that with Sabinovic won the balls in play, you know, the play's kind of raging on. The, the refs try to, get, try to get up with play, I mean, it almost goes unnoticed. And I think Rangers get across into the get across into the box uh, the keeper collected but when you look at it again to me no Simunovic Simunovic's arm in the face of the foe was pretty blatant and not unlike the the Flanagan one albeit in kind of different different circumstances so I, I, I'm surprised that uh, that he's not been cited as well. I wonder just as well of the, the fact you'd had the foe sort of go down the meter so higher as well and I wonder if that's just yeah. sort of uh, Flanagan's got away with one because no, it's not just the, the terms of getting into bother with the, the SFA. I mean, I need to be into bother with his manager uh, if they get sent off at, at one 0 Given everything that Stephen Gerrard spoke about uh, this season, particularly in the last few weeks, about the the level of discipline, he spoke about you know, changing the code of conduct this summer um, to try and improve it. He's trying to do everything to make sure these incidents don't happen. And on the back of you know, Alan McGregor's you know, stupid kick-out and red card against Hibs, if it won nil against Celtic at Ibrox and Flanagan does that and, and gets a deserved red, then you know, Gerard would have been absolutely fuming, I think, and probably still will be fuming, that he's, you know, even though he's got away with it at the time. For, for Flanagan to go and do that when it was you no know, it was pretty unnecessary, I don't think I don't think it went down too well with the with the manager. If he does get a ban as well, I mean it'll probably frustrate him as well because he, a spell where he's just sort of re establishing himself in the team and 
thing will really annoy Gerard is again it's it's another potential ban that comes back off of not a footballing incident, but you know, just somebody yeah. not being able to keep their, their yeah. emotions or their, yeah. their, their behaviour in check. I mean I think so we've had twelve players sent off that I think I tallied the other day. Only four of them are what you would tell them sort of footballing incidents, the rest are either back chat or violent conduct or unsporting behaviour and that's it's just sh- far too many. It's a shame in, in regards to Flanagan's performance as well, because he was brilliant yeah. as well for them. And though he did play on the edge, if you like, but it looked for most of the game as if he was keeping it in check. You know, he went in hard but fair. With a few tackles, you no know, won the ball clearly. Tackle and Roger especially. Yeah, yeah just there was, everything. Yeah, there was a couple, and and that's exactly what punters want. I mean, that. No, that that sounds like a small thing, but the context in Old Firm game, those kind of challenges, as we know, are crucial in terms of getting the crowd up and you know, really building a bit of, a bit of momentum. So it's it's bad from his point of view that he's he's soured that slightly by by crossing that line really with the with the challenge on Brown. Those challenges are definitely a place in special Old Firm games, but you know, putting your hands in the air, pulling his face in. You know, that's just always sort of asking for trouble and it looks like he's, he's been found out again. There's another two things that will annoy Gerard as well, is that it's another player who's been wound up by Scott Brown and if that happens two seconds later it's a penalty. And I don't really, really, chance, yeah. really I mean it was yeah. you know. I don't even know if Scott Brown was when this time to be fair, I mean I don't I, I don't know if I've seen any footage in the in the build up to it, but I mean it just looked as if Brown was making a there was a wee bit of kinda of grappling before it just kinda of jostling for position but I, I don't think it was like the, the Morelos one where Browns had a wee, had a wee nibble at him. Um, I just think Flanagan knows he's coming across him. He knows he's going to make that run and he's going to put the arm out to, to stop him. Um, so it's it's another another crazy decision, really, for Rangers player, as Andy says, when the ball's not even in play, um, to risk getting a red card at that stage in the game is, is exactly what Gerard wasn't uh, wasn't looking for. Does the wind of the performance actually mean anything for next season? A lot of people say it's a meaningless game. Celtic fans are saying it's a meaningless game that Rangers are celebrating too much and all the rest of it. I think you can. Rangers should be right to take confidence from it. In, in the day, you know, I think I saw somebody sort of posting the very aggregate scores of the old fungus from a couple of years ago, it's like 14-3, <laughs> 15-3, and so obviously. This year it's four three majors favour, so that showed progress. But end of the day, you know, that's not Celtic's strongest team. Uh, you know, they played, you know, under Rogers they played three at the back. I know a lot of people said that Lennon got his team wrong. But had they been at full strength, instead of having Lustig and uh, oh sorry, Michael Johnson, uh, Johnny Hazy, your wing backs, you've got Forrest and Tierney and that makes Celtic a totally different proposition. Um, Mickey Johnson, I, I, I thought that was, I thought Neil Lennon's team totally wrong, throwing that young kid in there like that, I thought that was um, a bit harsh on the kid. Rogers doesn't look, Rogers wasn't interested, he wasn't fit, um, for me he's on his day he's probably the best player in Scotland, on his when fit, but for Celtic he's he really struggled to get him to that level, we can make the sort of impacts we've seen previously um, enough, um, and then even like Oliver Barkin, just don't look interested. So that, I mean, there'll be reasons why Rangers should be optimistic and reasons why they should be cautious and looking ahead to the next season. I don't think any Rangers fans should be fooled into thinking that Celtic will take the eye off the ball. They'll be ten in a row to go for it. They're going to come out all guns blazing for this over the next two years. 
So as much as the Rangers will be take belief from what they did at the weekend, there's still a lot of work to be done. Rangers have got as much as people talk about Deadwood at Celtic, Rangers will get guys in their squad that aren't contributing much and need to be cleared out to make way for quality additions. So yeah, it's it's a bit of both. You can, you can take heart from the way that you stood up and that you've you know you've closed the gap, but uh, I, I don't think they should be not under any illusions that um, Celtic won't be stronger again next year. I, th- I think it just it reinstates the belief in those players and go and compete with Celtic and, and go and beat them on, on any given day. And you no, know, given that Rangers have have suffered uh, in the last few years in old firm games. That was a massive hurdle for, for Steven Gerrard to take it over and he's he's successfully managed to do that this season with two two home wins against Celtic, uh, performing really well at Celtic Park, albeit in defeat, uh, but with ten men, no losing two one. And even the even the first game of the season where Celtic were, were dominant um in the one 0 game, it did come off the back of Rangers having a kind of grueling uh, Europa League qualifying campaign. I think they just came back for back for Russia and they went to Celtic Park first time around. So in terms of that fixture, you know, those those results and performances will will be huge for Rangers going into next season in terms of that belief of what they can what they can do against Celtic. Um, and in terms of what else it does, I think there's been. No, I think in the last year or so, there's been a bit of nonsense spouted about just how far behind Rangers have, have been uh, and how big that gap that Andy talks about is. And I think with that, what, what those two Ibrox results have done is actually show that the gap you know, really isn't that big. No, I don't think Celtic have got major... No, major kind of rebuilding works to do to that squad in the, in the summer. Uh, whereas I think Rangers now they'll still want three or four quality additions as well as the, the threes that have come in already, guys like Jones and Hasty. They'll want three or four quality additions um, and Gerard will want to lose, as Andy says, that you know, a wee bit of Deadwood that's there that has to go out the door. But I, I now think that gap has closed considerably um, as those two old firm results. I mean, it's really only... Just that bit of consistency for Rangers that could have made all the difference this season. I think Gerard sits down the summer and reflects. There will be a wee bit of a wee bit of regret about some of the some of the points dropped. Um, but what it does is set it up brilliantly for for next season. As Andy says, Celtic will, will they will recharge probably off the back of another another treble. Whoever's manager, they'll spend a bit of money. Um, there will be a quite a big turnaround of players but come the start of next season they'll be looking at um you no know, they'll just see that nine in a row and ten in a row and, and, and try to go for it and that's you know, that'll be a big a big challenge for Rangers to try and stop that. What what's clear is that Rangers top level now is almost on a par with what Celtic can produce in terms of head to head. It's it's the bottom level which is where Rangers aren't on their game that's where they struggle in a way that Celtic, when they're not playing well, still find a way to win. Rangers haven't developed that now yet. Once they can do that, that's right, the Jersey saying they'll then be consistent. It's not so much about the old firm games now, I think, as well with the, the way the, the way support thing is. I think it's a lot difficult 
for, to win the away games, not having that psychological sort of reinforcement you get from having 7,000 away supporters there now, when you've got just the 800 in the corners turned to be, we could make it very difficult. I think what you'll see next year's games being decided on aren't probably the fun games, it'll be the games sort of the, the depths of winter when you know fans aren't jumped up and down and making much noise and you've got to sort of generate your own, your own atmosphere, that'll be, that'll be the games that will, will probably tell. Talk about European qualifiers. Next week's Scottish Cup final, going to have a big say on it. And that's just throwing us out there. But see, I, I, if Hearts win the Scottish Cup, Rangers go into the first round. If Celtic win the Scottish Cup, Rangers go into the second qualifying round. Will there be part of Stephen Gerrard thinking, we want Celtic to win that cup? Stephen Gerrard might, because it will not really bother him too much, probably who wins the, the cup. But I'd be surprised if there was many Rangers punters cheering on. Uh, I think they'd probably take their chances with a, a first qualifying round against a Euro minnow. Um, I think they'd take their chances that, they would, that they'd win it rather than see Celtic go and lift another, yeah, another treble. Yeah, I think the punters would just prefer an extra trip away. We've had some transfers. There's been a few rumours the last couple of days. Uh, first one was yesterday, Oldham defender George Edmondson. I can't say that because I've got a cold, but uh, yeah, he doesn't look like a player that would come in straight away into the first team, but he looks like a good prospect. I don't know much about him. Yesterday, the first time I'd heard his name, looking at the profile, no, it certainly seems to, would certainly fit the bill in terms of what they would pay for him, his age, um, he's clearly highly rated in there, if you look at some of the clubs that have, that have been in for him and, and have even put bids in for him, um, looks like a... No, a young, a young talent, um, and I think as we touched on earlier, Stephen Gerrard will definitely want one, no quality centre back in, um, but he'll want four at the start of next season, and I think the fourth one, if if he had his way, it will be a a young up and coming, no developing centre back as that kind of fourth choice, just to try and put, put pressure on the likes of Cardiff and. And Goldson and whoever else might come in, and Edmonton probably fits fits the bill for that. I mean, you, you could go a few different ways, but you could go and try and get a young player for your own academy and try and bring him through as a kind of fourth choice. You could go and get a boy like this, field him, who's a good age, and you feel as if there's a bit, a bit of development. But you go down the road and go and get a, a guy like a goalie type who's at the, well, at the other end his his career coming towards the coming towards the end. We get him in for experience, but. Um, if that's what Gerald's thinking with this boy, then as I say, for the money that's been talked about, that it might be, a, it might be a decent addition to him. Same sort of age as Nikola Katic as well. So is it really bringing him in as a prospect if he's 21, he's played plenty of games, and it's good? It's probably about his experience. This Katic is it fair to say that he's coming in as a backup, as a fourth choice, or anything else if he does eventually come in? I think Gerald's shown that season that if, if you're playing well and you're going to do the business, it doesn't really matter what age you are, yeah, experience comes into it, but um, especially when if you just get into the, the group stages of Europa League again this year, then they're going to have to rotate. So these guys are all going to get their chance of being in and out of the squad. Um, it's pretty much what happens before Christmas. They've settled down a wee bit more following January when they didn't have the same sort of workload, but I don't think, uh, I think you'll find that if you're coming in, I suppose it goes to the of hasty as well. If you're coming in and you've proven that you can produce in the part, then you'll get your chance no matter what your age. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if I'd, I'd be, I've never seen Edmondson, so 
we might be a bit premature, but I'd be surprised if a guy comes in for Oldham and look straight in to, to playing for Rangers. No, you go for that. Listen, we all kind of talk about the level of Scottish football and how, how good it is, but I still think when you're coming into a club like Rangers, for Oldham, it's going to take you a bit of, a bit of time to adjust. Um, is it League One, play? Is it League One? League Two, I think. So say, cause you, you've seen previously they brought in Windass and yeah,对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，对对对，
the best role in the world, Al McGregor, is going to get shifted out of that, that, that number one slot next year, so you're going to have to have somebody who's going to be prepared to sit on the bench. If he get a Fodringham goes, they're going to sign a, sign a goalkeeper, and that's pretty certain, I think. But Andy's right, you need to go and find a guy who's pretty much willing to be that, that backup. There, there is keepers out there at different stages in their career where they'll think they'll come to, come to a big club like Rangers getting a decent wage, or they won't mind too much if they're playing they're playing second fiddle and getting the odd League Cup game or, or whatever, so Rangers will need to find somebody like that, but someone also that, that's got a temperament to get in, if they are called in at four game on Sunday to go and play an old firm game, that they can get in, they can get in and do it. I mean, I, I've no doubt Robbie McCrory is a boy that Rangers see as their keeper in a few years' time, but he, he's still very young. He's had some first team experience obviously at Berwick and at, at Morton. Um could you yeah. him going to play premiership football next year? Yeah, you could. Just get used to the bigger crowds the bigger the more pressurised environment. And I think with all due respect to, to Andy Firth, I think he was brought in like I said at the time, he was brought in purely to get Robbie McCrory out on loan. I, I'm not sure without being unkind to the boy whether you know, he was signed no, with them looking at he's going to be a Rangers keeper, I think it was literally just brought in almost to fill a jersey because they had to get McCrory out and loan, knowing that they had McGregor and Fodder there anyway. He looks as surprised as you like. <laughs> you know, and then all this sort of stuff in social media, he's getting his arm around Andy Gorham and the day. Everyone else could say, have I played for the club? And... You see him in the. I, I don't know if. Uh, was he playing sort of non league? Yeah, he wasn't even playing, he was on the bench for a barrel yeah. as well. It's, <laughs> a, it's a bit worrying. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, for Liverpool, he had to get some there, as I say, to fill that kind of third choice jersey just because uh, they wanted to get McCrory out. So I'd be surprised if he is any kind of part to play. But certainly, if Fodingham goes, you know, they'll get McCrory back, they'll decide what to do with him, what's best for his kind of development. As Andy said, I think the next step is probably to get him to, get him to a Premiership club uh, playing every week, then kind of a proper. Look at him in terms of how he how he deals with playing with Scotland under twenty ones, which will help him. Um, but if Fordingham goes, they've only to go and get a go and get a backup keeper. Is that is that a contract issue? Is that or is he just like what to be? I think Scott thought we were talking about bids for him doing I don't yeah. know if that had happened with he, it, but he, he didn't look like a a bad backup whenever yeah. he came in. I mean, remember the game, the five no game, but Celtic won the league, and that could be ten had it not been yeah. for him. Um, so, I mean, if, if they can't get somebody who thinks reasonable and if he's still under contract, then I suppose that could be an option that they could come to. On the outgoings, apparently there's reports down south again that West Brom are going to go back in for Jeff Tavernia. What's that money they're going to need to spend for him? But surely it's going to be big. And arguably, he's harder to replace for Rangers than Alfredo Morelos or pretty much anyone else in the team. crucial to the way they play. I mean, he's about to get forward and one cup with whoever is in front of him, and then you know, he's quite. I think one of the things that's been sort of uh, he's not been given credit enough for, enough for is the fact that he really come on looks about his defensively. I mean, you know, it wasn't up against much, I suppose, in the Hayes. Uh, no disrespect to him, but he didn't, he didn't give him the hardest game at the weekend. But you know, I think generally speaking, apart from his one wonder at Celtic Park, he's, he's really been fairly solid this year. It was not very many years get past him now, whereas even last season they were beating him every time. It's more that he was, he's lack of attention that 
which was like fending the back post and things like that. That was what in his early days, that was what cost him. It wasn't. It didn't seem like a natural defender. Whereas actually, I think now you can see that he's he's sniffing out danger early. He's, he knows where the threats are coming from, and you know, generally speaking, I think he's you know, a lot of people thought he was a potential player of the year, and I think he's probably hard done by not to be certainly one of the shortlists. I, I, I agree. I think he's come on uh, leaps and bounds under Gerard. Uh, well, since he's taken that captain's armband, there has been a couple of mistakes this year. Celtic one was glaring, obviously, and it was a not a huge moment in the game, and that's maybe rightly or wrong. That's maybe went against him when it's came to Player of the Year no nominations. That 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 mistake is probably stuck in a lot of people's minds. Um, but there were one or two. I remember the Motherwell away game. It was the three yeah. each game where he gets caught twice. I think no marking his man in the in the box. So at that stage of the season, you were actually looking at and thinking, "Is this guy? You know, is he ever going to learn defensively? Is he going to?" switch on and, and be you know, what you think he can be because you look at him and he's got, you know, he's got every attribute going, every attribute you want in a, in a modern day fullback. Um, but he has improved, he's come on leaps and bounds, he was outstanding again on Sunday. Uh, I think he's grown into the, the captain's role now which you know, people maybe doubted a wee bit at the start. Um, and in terms of letting him go, I, mean, I think he now falls into the the Morelos category in terms of, you know, if it was anything less than kind of, you know, nine, ten million, then the Rangers wouldn't, wouldn't entertain it. It would take something. I think given the, the, the sums of money you're getting down so I think they just get built on the rights to crank it up because, yeah. you know, as you see what it gives you going forward and going back the way and, you know, all these physical attributes, I mean, I don't think he's my reader should be, as you say, you know. Upwards of 10 million. Yeah, I mean, listen, fullbacks in England are getting raved about and getting talked about for crazy money when, when they are poor defensively. You no, know, when you think of some of, the, some of the guys down there, because all, all they seem to worry about down there is going forward, you know, and it's all about stats and, and numbers, goals and assists, which obviously, you know, Tavernier stands up to that you now as well, albeit, albeit in Scotland. So, as I say, it would take a massive offer now of, of probably about 10 million to, to make Rangers even even think about it. Um, and in terms of West Brom, I mean, listen, if, they, if they're going to, if they get through this playoff, uh, get through the playoff final and get to the Premier League, well, it might be a different proposition, but certainly I can't see James, uh, James Tavernier leaving Rangers as captain to go to a, go to a championship club in England. Uh, take a quick look at Sunday as well, coming up, Kilmarnock last game of the season. Willie Collins in charge for the first time since he sent Daniel Cadiz off that day at St. Ward Park and Rangers released that statement and all the rest of it. Is there going to be anything in that or is, is Gerard annoyed so. enough to... I mean, Gerard, I think, was cute enough at the time not to get involved in the, you know, any kind of conspiracy theories or anything else. I think Gerard actually no, distance himself a wee bit for that Rangers statement, uh, which was probably quite quite sensible. So I don't see a major issue. It's the last last day of the season. Uh, obviously, it's a bit riding on it. Probably more for Kilmarnock now than Rangers. Kilmarnock are still going for going for third, so Rangers are going to need to stand up to that. Um, I suppose from Rangers' point of view, you just you know punters will want that gap at the top of the league to be you know to be as little as possible. Um, so you'd want it to be, well, at the very most, the, the, the six six points at the end of the season. So we want to f- keep this run going, 
He's done well against Kill come out this season as well, as it is. I think it might start. Uh, I mean, before we spoke about it, before it's done brilliant. And this new, uh, our new system, you know, almost kind of new style of playing. They're playing before up top, but before now has played quite a few games on the bounce. Don't know how the plastic pitch affects them, might not be any effect at all, but it might. Might come into Gerard's Gerard's thinking, but thinking about it, also fairly old. That might just you know be a factor that sways. Yeah, somebody in terms of whether you get fifteen or sixteen, yeah. or seventeen years. I think Manel also be he'll be chopping a bit. Not a play last game of the season. He probably did, for what he's done this season, he probably deserves that last game. Uh, I don't think the four would complain too much about about coming off the bench in the last game. So I, I, think, as you see, I think Manel has caused. Come on, all sorts of problems this season, um, and they might like to try and do that again. Do you think they, they change the way they play? Go back to having the sort of two more advanced forward players wide again because I think at times my answer shown he doesn't particularly want players nah, along the side of it. He wants that wee bit of right, that, that'll, be, that'll be that'll be an interesting thing uh, because you're bang on. Um, he doesn't yeah. like guys getting too close to his no one. I don't think he has one for. Well, we won twos and flicks and that round the, round the edge of the box. Uh, he's done it with Arfield sometimes, he's quite well at times, but yes, he doesn't do it a lot. He's had a strike part alongside him, I struggle yeah. to remember ever passing to somebody who's been playing that too. The thing is, he's not going to change that three-man midfield, so you probably need to go and you're not going to drop Arfield, so you probably need to go with the same the same style getting Arfield and Kent in close to Morelos and see, and see how it works. And listen, who knows? No, we might be doing many loss of this service, maybe well, it just sparked something in him as well, the same way as it did, it did before when it, when it was changed. Um, so I've got a feeling many loss will start, but keep the same system just to try and keep that kind of fluency going. I think there was any chance to see the likes of Graham Dorrance when really he played reserve football a couple of weeks ago. I'd be surprised on a plastic pitch. Uh, plastic pitch you played the reserve game though at Falkirk as well? Of course, I well, I mean, who knows? Um, I mean, he different play against Falkirk's kids and play up against the Dicker and they'll make you up for it. So yeah. I, I, that the important thing for Dorans and, and Jamie Murphy I think will be just to get to get to pre season, get into that pre season camp, you know, feeling you know, near a hundred percent and getting a full pre season under a under a belt because if Rangers can get um a fully fit Graham Dorans would be would be challenging again that midfield alongside the likes of Davis and Arfield and, and Kamara. He's got one year left on his contract. It's his last pretty much his last chance. Um so the important thing for him as I say will be get that pre season under his belt and, and hopefully have the ground running next season. It should also be the answer for the sort of also number ten that sort of people seen Rangers be crying out for a while. I mean he's never really been played in that position. When when he came to the club he was also sort of more uh, so sort of slotted in deeper and 
doesn't really suited him. So if he can't get himself fit, then he, he gives in his best position, his most natural position, he gives Rangers a different option, which again is Jerry's always asking and talking about what he's looking for is just different ways of breaking down teams and if he's got options off the bench then, then there could still be a, a role for, for Dons to play. And, and again it feels as if Come back to what I said about players playing better with better players. It feels as if he's not really played in a Rangers team that's had any sort of you know, fluency or, or quality about it. So it'll be interesting to see you know, a Rangers team that's playing well, the way they like Sarfield Davis in there, as I say. Uh, I think Dorans would, would thrive in that, that environment. But it's just, well, it's it's just three, out of fitness. Three. Three sub appearances or one, one start and a couple of sub appearances. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the one, one, one that stands out is the Villa way where he comes on and he gets what we sort of 10 minute cameo and creates two chances. Yeah. So the side are that when, when fit, he's definitely got an influence to have. Right, we'll finish off with a prediction for the game. Any any thoughts? Um, I'll go 2 1 Rangers. I think probably score draw. Right, well, that's all from us. We'll be back next week with more views and analysis from all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can by tweeting us at Record Sport. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review it and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.